Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on another week of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges. This is episode 173, and I'm honored that you are spending these few minutes together as we grow in our leadership for other people, whether that's our family, our workplace, our ministry, wherever it may be. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. Lots of other resources there. You can interact with me. And as always, I would love for you to, wherever you may be listening, leave a review, leave a rating, and share this with your friends. Hey, this week's podcast really comes out of a personal time. It's honestly most of the podcasts do. But I uh, benefited recently from a personal retreat. I had uh, traveled earlier this month, actually last month, for a, a professional opportunity. And it took me overseas for about a week. And it was a big time change and an intense season. It was an intense professional opportunity. But I really loved it. And it was uh, such a fruitful and wonderful time. And on the heels of that, I uh, found, you know, just difficulty sort of re-entering because my overseas trip was a very different culture and a very different environment than my everyday reality. What was required of me as a leader and what was expected of me was also a bit different in its context where I was versus where I live on a regular basis. And I found sort of re-entry to be a little difficult. And a friend of mine who has a wonderful uh, ministry invited me down for a personal retreat. And so I want to share with you today some of the benefits of that personal retreat. And I want to share with you today what I learned about a healthy approach. Because what I'm really encouraging you today is to consider something similar. So let's talk about the advantages of a personal retreat. The advantages of a personal retreat. Well, <laughs> if you're a leader like me, I, one of the things that we may need to admit from the very beginning is we need a personal retreat. I know leaders that like to run at high RPMs, and I, I feel like we're in a time really in the last many years where the idea of leaders slowing down so that they can care for themselves and really bring the bring the best version of themselves to their leadership environment is gaining more traction and it's gaining more foothold. Maybe it has to do with generations and natural generational transition in leadership environments. Maybe it has to do with the rise of the tech industry and the driving young entrepreneurial leadership that we are experiencing. Whatever the sociological and cultural factors may be, I think it's important for leaders to admit that sometimes we need a personal retreat. Matter of fact, I approached this personal time with a bit of anxiety. I wasn't sure how it would go. I wasn't sure what I would be confronted with in my own soul. Years ago, golly, I would say um, maybe almost 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I wanted to do a like a 24-hour personal retreat. And a friend of mine had a, a lake house, and they said, you can use it. So I drove about an hour from where I lived to this lake house, and um, I was there all by myself. No one was with me, and <laughs> I couldn't make it more than a few hours. The silence, the lack of camaraderie, being alone, 
uh, not having a plan for how I was going to spend my time. It became overwhelming, and fortunately, <laughs> I had a good friend who didn't live too far from the lake house, and I called him and said, man, I got to have some human interaction. Will you have dinner with me? And we did. We had dinner, and I went back to the lake house, and by midnight, I had already left and gone home. I, I couldn't have been there more than 12 hours. I just couldn't do it. My point in telling you this story is sometimes these personal retreats, for some, it's like heaven. I can't wait for it. I have no problem doing it. I think about my wife like that. <laughs> like This would be fantastic for her. But for some of us, it's difficult. And there's a variety of reasons why, which is part of my motivation for us today is to a, help us understand a healthy approach for a personal retreat. Like, let's just, uh, can we just, we just work with this given with me? You and I need a personal retreat, right? Can we just agree with that? Whether you take it or not, whether you like it or not, that's a different question. But leaders need personal retreats. Leaders need moments that are very purposeful and very intentional. I want to share with you some of the benefits of that. And I also want to share with you, what was the approach? And it's really more in hindsight. I mean, I did have some of these things in my own approach for the personal retreat that I experienced last week, but in hindsight, I recognized things I was doing intuitively might have been more effective had I done them intentionally and really planned for it. So what is the proper approach for really maximizing the opportunity and the benefits of a personal retreat? So let me share with you a few values, if you will, on the approach and a couple of practical ideas. One, a value that I would encourage you as you approach a personal retreat now um, is hospitality. So let me talk about hospitality. Hospitality. Uh, for some of us, we would, we're going to be able to do a personal retreat. We might be able to get an Airbnb or a hotel room, or maybe we have a friend that has a, a lake house or a cabin or something like that. And so you really can go to a, a, a wonderful place. It's geographically, it's beautiful, it's peaceful, it's quiet. Uh, for me, I have a friend that has a large home, uh, a ministry home with multiple rooms that they rent out. And they were able to uh, allow me to participate in a, a suite. So I had a small living room with a couch and comfortable chairs. I also had a bedroom with a large king-size bed, high-quality mattress, and a personal bathroom with a tub and a shower. And it was just fantastic. And so you want to think about uh, the approaches to hospitality. You, maybe you can't go to a place like that, and it would simply be, you know, the kids are off to school, the spouse is at work, or maybe you're single. Maybe you can do something special at home. Maybe you want to uh, spend a few days prior cleaning, organizing, situating. Maybe you want to buy a few of your favorite snacks or lunch items that you could prepare for yourself. Maybe you want to order in food from one of your favorite restaurants, so maybe there needs to be some financial intentionality. And maybe you want to think about candles and lighting. Maybe you want to think about music. You want to think about comfort. You want to think about what is it that you want to do on your personal retreat. For me, the place where I was at had unbelievable hospitality. It was a five-star experience while having a country cottage ambience and warmth and welcoming feel. It was just fantastic 
and they were attentive to so many details. They were particularly, for example, mindful of females that may be on the retreat. They had um, individual face masks for collagen and charcoal and this and that, that that women could take advantage of. There were wonderful options for if someone wanted to do a soaking time in their very large contemporary tub. Things that you could utilize in the shower, like menthol-type things that would just really be good for you if you if you love a shower experience. The seating was so comfortable. The lighting was warm and kind and sufficient. There was also a bit of history there. It was very warm because there were lots of family photos around. And the bedroom experience was fantastic. Large, comfortable bed, a plenty of space for your luggage, an air conditioner to, to, to control what kind of environment and climate you enjoy sleeping in. My point is, friends, that when you approach a personal retreat, you've got to think about hospitality. My wife had something like this last year where we recognized, hey, it would be good for her to have maybe a 24, 36-hour time away to herself. And we rented a local hotel room. We weren't sure what to do. And while it was solitude, it wasn't restful. Hospitality opens the soul to rest. It opens the soul to creativity, to experience, to warmth, to security, to, to love, to those kind of environments that just allow the walls to come down and the hunger and the need of your body and your soul and your spirit to really surface so that you can pay attention to those things. Hospitality is a very important attribute. Also, humility. For me, this was a comped personal retreat. Otherwise, it would have probably cost me uh, quite a bit of money. But they comped it, and that created two primary attributes for me. Number one, humility. Humility towards those who were uh, partnering with me in this personal retreat, and also gratitude, humility and gratitude. And I found myself in part of this personal retreat distracted from the overseas trip I had taken. I was still carrying some of that around, still processing it in my own heart and mind, and I found it to be a bit of a distraction. And so humility and gratitude horizontally towards my friends was critical to really welcoming and receiving this opportunity, but also humility and gratitude vertically as a person of faith towards towards Jesus, saying, Jesus, thank you for friends that afford me this opportunity. And the kind of humility and gratitude towards God that opens up the soul to experience his love, that opens up the spirit to really enjoy the reality of communion with our maker. The Bible teaches us that humility attracts the grace of God, and that gratitude not only opens up the soul, psychology tells us, not only is it so beneficial for us neurologically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, hormonally, but it is also good for us spiritually in that it postures us before the Lord with a tremendous amount of gratitude. So hospitality, humility, and gratitude were three and are three important approaches to a personal retreat. Now, there's a few practical things I would encourage you to think about in the approach logistically. One is, you know, pack comfortable clothes. You want to, a personal retreat is not necessarily about isolation, but it is about solitude. 
in my case. Now, maybe you want to do a personal retreat with a team or a, a spouse or a significant other or best friend, something like that. And so solitude will be a part of that, but certainly you don't want isolation. But one of the things that you want to be mindful of is comfortable clothing, comfortable shoes, where you're going, is there some kind of hiking trail or outdoor experience, or uh, maybe there's a a workout room or something like that. Also, you want to um, take a journal. I do digital journaling. I also do uh, analog journaling. And I carry a journal with me, and writing was so helpful. Matter of fact, most of what I did in my uh, personal retreat was writing. I wrote in my journal, and I spent a lot of time in quiet, reflective thinking, praying, and just being sensitive for me to God's presence leading me in this personal retreat. There was a very strong spiritual purpose to my, my time. And so a journal was helpful. Comfortable clothes really helped me feel good in that space. Also solitude, as I said, but not isolation. So I spent a tremendous amount of time by myself. But I also had lunch with a friend who wanted to connect with me. They had a chef prepare my dinner along with some others that were in other rooms having their own personal retreat not connected to me. And so there was a dinner time where you came down. So there was a little bit of interaction there. But for the most part, friends, it was a lot of solitude. Matter of fact, one of the things in that time of solitude is I went to bed about an hour and a half, two hours before my normal time. I was so tired. The personal retreat allowed me to get in touch with that. So journaling, solitude with isolation, uh, wearing comfortable clothing. And then lastly, I would say boundaries. You know, what are the boundaries that you need to put in place? So for me, it was a real discipline not to work a whole lot, to resist email, to resist some social media. I gave myself a little bit of window about that because that was part of communicating to others this experience. But it was really on the download, really dialed back because I I needed to disconnect from those things. And so that is some of the approach that, that I took on the personal retreat. I want to share those with you because maybe they'll benefit you as well. In the last remaining minutes we have of our podcast, let me talk to you about the benefits of a personal retreat. I've listed four or five key benefits that I took away from this personal retreat. The retreat was uh, illuminating, it was uh, role modeling, it was purposeful. One of the benefits for me from this personal retreat, and these aren't in any order of priority, was just the ability to rest and receive. Leaders have a tendency to give, 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 think forward, think about others, give, sacrifice, burn the clock, uh, the candle at both ends, etc., etc., And for me, the benefit of this personal retreat was to posture my heart to rest and to receive. Uh, One particular moment, it was on the afternoon of my arrival. I'd gotten there just before lunch, and I spent the lunchtime, and it was in the early afternoon, getting close to the dinner time. And I just suddenly felt this urge to take advantage of some of the hospitable uh, treats that they had around. And I did it because I needed to really intentionally, uh, physically respond to the idea of receiving and resting. I uh, took a lay down, I uh, played soft instrumental music, I lit a candle, I took advantage of some of the other things because I was recognizing pretty quickly that I was very, very tired. And oftentimes leaders can run on this adrenaline and we're not in touch with the fact of just how tired we are. So for me, a benefit was the ability to rest and to receive. 
My wife and my uh, family were not with me, and I missed them greatly because I'd just been gone for nearly eight days. But I will say not having them with me did allow me to focus on some other things that I may not focus on quite as much when I'm with my family, because I often think about how can I love them, serve them, be with them, be mindful of them. And when they're not with me, it allowed me to turn that same kind of attentiveness towards my own soul and my own care. A second benefit was I recognized that there was a purpose that needed to be fulfilled. As I said a few minutes ago, I uh, was still carrying some processing and some distraction from my overseas trip. And in a moment of reflection and prayer, I really sensed God give me some direction and some input about what I could do to um, offload that distraction in a very healthy and needful manner. And that was very helpful. And then there was, in my next morning, this place I was at had a prayer room downstairs. And so I had been contemplating some Bible passages. And so I took my Bible, went to the prayer room, this incredible environment they have spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally, the whole space was fantastic. And I just did some deep dive into some scripture studies. And that found for me a, a very powerful purpose. So what is your purpose for this personal retreat? Be mindful of that and try to put the kind of elements in place that help you achieve that purpose. A third benefit for me was to role model to my family, to to the team that I lead, the, the beauty and the power of slowing down. This is really about saying to those that I lead, being before doing is more important. That we need to be with God before we do for God or do with God. And so much of leadership in my 30 years is doing, doing, doing. And rarely, rarely maybe do we take the amount of time we need to be with God, to be with ourselves, to be with the Holy Spirit, and in some cases, to be with others or to be with our team. And so role modeling slowing down is powerful. It creates credibility when you want to call your team to the same kind of experience. The fourth benefit is that I, when I say it was illuminating, I confronted unhealthy aspects of my heart just sitting in this time of reflection and not unhealthy introspection, but sensitive to God's leading, sensitive to what I feel my body saying to me, what my soul is saying to me, unhealthy things came to the surface so that I could deal with them. That's a good thing, friends. That is a really good thing. Sometimes we want to push that off and not experience that, but it's a very good thing. And I walked away with some key talking points, some key points for me to act upon that will be much healthier. The benefit is that the personal retreat was rather illuminating. And lastly, I would say the benefit is that I walked away with an assignment. I got some clarity about the season that I'm in, and I was able to come back and say with my wife, hey, here's some things that I got in touch with on the personal retreat, and they not only affect me, but they affect us, and I, I want to talk about these things with you. And so I walked away with a fresh assignment. These are some of the benefits, approaches, and advantages of a personal retreat, and I would really encourage you to consider that as well. Hey, thanks for listening today, friends. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.